0: community support within your race. Is this unspoken behavior a subtle form of racism? In today's episode, we're going to dive into the fine line between community support and racial or ethnic exclusivity. Focusing on examples within the Indian community, join us as we navigate the complexities of this contentious issue and examine whether community support can become a form of inadvertent racism. Hey there to all my beautiful and not sultry souls. We are in the month of October, so I'm going to stir the pot a little. Welcome back to Married to India, the podcast that bridges love stories across continents and explores the intricacies of blending different cultures into one harmonious life. I'm Amy Rigetti, and today we've got a topic that is quite controversial. Is supporting your own community a form of subtle racism? Buckle up, because this one's a deep dive. I'm going to be honest, folks. Before I married into India, I never saw this as an issue, never saw it as a problem. I probably did did not have a lot of experience with a lot of diverse uh, cultures to really see the difference but i just never felt this i was raised on the eastern shore when i was little moved to Annapolis born in Baltimore kind of all over as far as like where i grew up and then of course you know when i met my husband i experienced a little bit more of this firsthand so i thought why not bring this issue up it is relevant i think that we need to talk about it i think that more outsiders notice it than the insiders do. So I think that this is going to give us a great chance to just kind of hit the topic. We don't have to go too deep in it. I feel being in the business that I'm in where we do predominantly South Asian weddings, you know, part of that, everybody's like, oh, you do those weddings because your husband's Indian. I'm like, actually, no, I don't. I do them because when I get the calls, because we show that we've done Indian weddings, People just fall in love with me and they're like, I have to have her photograph my wedding. And so it has nothing to do with my husband because in the beginning, before we even shot a South Asian wedding, I couldn't sell a South Asian wedding. Our first wedding we gave away for Might as well have been free because it was so cheap. But after we did that first wedding, it was like they just didn't stop coming. We've been in business since 2005. And that just goes to prove a point that we must be doing something right. Because not only are we very culturally submersed and understand things, we have hit and struck a fine balance between our clients, you know, heritage as well as who they are today. And it resonates with them. They want awesome imagery. We just happen to have a little bit of that too. But our thing is, is I wanted to touch down a little bit on this because we have been part of you know, this and people assuming this when it might not be true. But I wanted to bring it to light because it's one of those things that I've also mentioned to Srinu when he was, you know, working for a company out here in Northern Virginia, who this company is very well known for employing a lot of Indians. There's actually Two companies that everybody's like, if you didn't work for those companies, what kind of Indian are you? And so I often joke because something Srinu was just oblivious to, I actually brought to his attention quite a few times. So the question and the issue is, supporting one's community, especially when it comes to businesses and cultural events, seems like a noble cause, right? But when does it slip into the realm of exclusion and discrimination? This issue is multifaceted and we'll explore it for various angles that we see it. So here's an example. Let's consider Indian weddings, right? Many Indian families insist on hiring exclusively Indian vendors, from caterers to photographers. The argument is, is that only Indians can truly understand the cultural intricacies in these events. But is this fair to vendors of other ethnicities who may be equally talented? Another situation, Indian communities abroad often establish their own places of worship and social hubs open primarily to those of Indian descent. It's a comfort zone. But could this be exclusivity be like a form of inadvertent racism? We've seen debates erupt over this topic in online forums and community meetups. In the workplace, this was a mention that I would give Srinu because I would ask him like, oh, you're going out to lunch today? And he's like, yeah. I would be like, oh, who are you going out to lunch with? And he would be like, this person, this person, this person. I was like, oh, so all the guys going to lunch, they're just like Telugu speaking? And he was like, yeah, actually, you're right. And I was like, so is that was that like arranged or was there a reason for that? And he said, you know, I don't think that it was planned. Now, Srinu wasn't the one planning this, but I just asked him, I said, was that planned? Like everybody was Telugu? He's like, you know, now that I think about it, maybe, you know, whoever invited people to lunch just invited Telugu speaking people because it was just easier because it's like one language. And, you know, he looked at me and I was like, yeah, because it didn't hit him until that moment that I mentioned it, that you see where that seemed very restrictive. Like, they have a lot of different guys. If you were just even a couple non-Indian guys, right? You gotta be more welcoming and introduce people and bring them into your lives. But I learned very quickly being married into this culture that it's not often that Indians come to the US and they just invite outsiders into their home. Not even outsiders, but people who are of different regions in India or from India, to their dinner table. It's just a question that I was like, oh, that's different. Because I never experienced that. But they do. Groups like to stay together. They like to, you know, whether it's, you know, to keep their culture and heritage, you know, as strongly intact as they can, or to make their children more reliable and sustainable in their language, you know, by seeing others people speaking it and talking it and doing that, you know, it just makes it more normalized. And Even today, I see a lot of our clients who can understand their parents' first language, but they don't speak it back to them. And even when we ask them, like, yeah, I just, you know, a little bit of self-consciousness comes into play, but also I'm just not that comfortable with it. So I just answer back in English. So we see a lot of that. So, you know, I try to tell people all the time, these are just situations where unless you're on the outside looking in, some people might not pick up on this stuff, but it's very apparent that it's happening. And while the Indian community offers a very fertile ground for these discussions, this is not limited to any one ethnicity. Many communities, be it Italian, Jewish, Chinese, exhibit similar behaviors. And we'll examine how this manifests in different cultures and if the intentions and impacts are similar or vary. I've often asked my, the lady who does my nails, she actually lives in my same community uh, that I lived in for 16 years, we were neighbors, Um, and I often asked her, so Rose, like in the Vietnamese culture, you know, do you find that you guys are, like it's a lot of like Vietnamese families and she said yeah they predominantly hang out with like even at the nail shops a lot of the people that work at the shops don't just like come in and say i need a job they're referred by other family members like you have to have a good name to get a job at that nail shop but interestingly enough rose's son is dating a caucasian girl and i just found this interesting because these are not just as i said they're not limited to certain communities cultures races it it, this happens all over the world. But I find, you know, lately that we just see certain areas singled out. But I want to show that this is not anywhere, any single one race. This is a lot of different races and communities are in fact doing this. How is it that this behavior impacts children? Right. Raised in these communities. Are they learning to appreciate diversity or do you think that they're becoming subconsciously biased? A case in point is school friendships. Some Indian parents encourage their kids to befriend other Indian children, often under the guise that culture and values are going to be much more similar. But is this limiting their worldview? Let's be fair. These are positives to community support, like cultural preservation, like I said, and a sense of belonging. But the flip side is that it can also foster insularity. And in Us versus them mentality. I feel it's important to everyone to be able to be in groups that feel comfortable to them without being ridiculed, chastised, or accused of ill intentions. But far too often in America, are we making this conversation more black and white than it really is? I truly feel instead of adding to the problem, we need to find ways to create generational solutions. It's the only way for these issues to be acknowledged and corrected in a more natural, undemeaning way more moving way to give us all a brighter future and don't get me wrong i understand that we need to keep our personal morals and values intact but we also need to know that we need to be more inclusive we need to educate america i always joke with people at school that you know America needs a road trip because we don't foster enough diversity and learning and stepping outside of our box as Americans. And so I hope that through my teaching and my letting people know and making these things known that people will just try a little bit harder. You know, you go to lunch tomorrow and instead of going with a whole bunch of other Indians, maybe you should invite the guy who is at your every morning meeting, you know, to lunch. Maybe he's never had Indian food introduce him, maybe he will become a better person because of something that you went out of your way to do. So in our home, we try to strike a balance. We celebrate, like I said, Diwali with as much enthusiasm as Thanksgiving, and we're conscious about supporting businesses from a diverse range of backgrounds, whether it's small and significant. It's just a way to appreciate the melting pot that is America. So we've received some emails and comments from listeners sharing experiences and posing questions on this topic. And one listener shared how their Indian neighborhood in Jersey seemed almost like a gated community and it made them uncomfortable i just want people to be aware of this to be aware that these things are happening and we need to just make people feel more included instead of as if they're outcasts or they're just not allowed in you know i've never been in into a temple in which i've ever felt like i didn't belong there whether it's you know somebody else's perception that there's only Indians going in there. So it only welcomes that particular race. That's not true because I have never walked into an Indian temple and felt out of place in terms of like not being wanted there. You know, if I felt out of place or anything off or awkward—it was my own doing, and you know I needed to come to terms with that so that I didn't feel that way. But usually I'm greeted with big smiles. People want to embrace us. People want to make sure that we know what we're doing. People want us to keep coming back. You know, I've had pundits all the time who were like, "You got to keep coming back." You just, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, we know, we will, we will." And so these are things that we need to get past in our minds so that we can make ourselves feel more comfortable. This is nobody else's doing but our own. So just keep it in mind, guys. These are things that are happening everywhere, every day, every race in every way. All right, my friends, today's topic, it could shed light or ruffle feathers, but it's the truth. And if our discussion has sparked some self-reflection, or if you've gained a new perspective, please, please, please subscribe, like, share, give us a review. Reviews are super important. They rank you guys. So get up there. I know it's a pain, but just get it done. And until our next episode, where we explore more complexities of love and culture, I'm Amy Rigetti, wishing you a world filled with peace, love, and boundless understanding.